Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Brad, we are back on the podcast. And I just looked at Twitter five seconds ago. No, the Giants did not sign anybody to a $275 million contract. They will in the next 10 minutes while we're recording. <laughs> and then we're going to have to quickly look at numbers and all kinds of stuff. That's how it always goes with us. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> what we're going to do, I mean, not, not a whole lot of Giants news except them losing a, a, a big time player from last year because of free agency. We'll talk about that in a second, but we're mostly going to talk about the free agent market currently and just the crazy amount of signings that have happened since Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll also look at who's still out there and who could be close to closely tied to the team possible person that they could sign. And then I think we're going to get uh, my son here later in the show He's got some hot takes for us, and and we'll run those hot takes by you and myself and discuss some of those hot takes. We'll actually, and we'll also see how hot hot they are. Like, I, so, some people say yeah. they have hot takes, and I'm like, <laughs> no, like that's that's kind of lukewarm. Like it's not hot, but I think you can call it a hot take because it's somebody under the age of 25, right? So sure. if you're under the age of 25. People don't take you as seriously, so you say something and somebody goes, hmm, that's a hot take. <laughs> but no, I mean, but the, 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 the difference is Brian is really on top of his stuff, and he was throwing some stuff out there the other day, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting topic topic to kind of kick around. So yeah, I'm glad we're having him on, because I want to I hear the hot takes. All right, so let's look at the list of stuff that has happened recently. I just put together... Uh, a bunch of the most recent signings, um, some of them much bigger than others, and we'll, we'll 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 just go through them. I don't really have them in any kind of list whatsoever. And how we're mostly going to talk about how it relates to the Giants because some of these situations they don't they don't really relate to the Giants in any way, so they're not really all that important for us to talk about. Something like. Uh, Jose Barrios gets extended by the Blue Jays. Like he's he wasn't available to the Giants, so we don't really need to talk about that one necessarily. Um, but uh, I think the first one that really pops out, even more so than the Gossman thing, is the Max Scherzer deal. Three years, one hundred and thirty million to the Mets, and the Mets on top of them signing other players, and we'll get to one of those specifically in a second here. But Max Scherzer at age 37 all of a sudden becomes the highest paid per year. Uh, Is it starting pitcher, right? Or is it player? Is he the highest paid player? It's player. 
Wow. He, he has now set the new Major League Baseball record for average salary per year. So when we had talked about this, you and I just thinking about, you know, would would you go two years 80 for Max? And I was like, hmm, that's 40. Does he have – he probably has one great year in him. That Maybe that second year, you're just okay with him being above average. And it's probably worth it in today's – market especially when it comes to starting pitching because the giants you know the they we saw last year how they would get a good game and then they'd maybe have the next game is like all of a bullpen game and another <laughs> yeah. good and so you know there's a lot of yeah. that going on so to have like a stud guy is uh is is great yeah that's uh huge. so he is even more valuable in this new age of, of how you use starting pitching because he is an old school starting pitcher but three years, $130 million, I don't imagine the Giants would have gone there. Maybe they would have gone to that third year. It is a it is an opt-out for, for Max as well. He he can opt out in that third year before that third year if he wants. But what do you what were you thinking about when you heard three for 130? Well, <clears throat> yesterday when Brian said, I think it was yesterday or the day before, he said, Would you be okay with two years at 80 and i was like yeah i, I and and for the, one of the reasons you just said too if you have a guy that can give you eight innings every time he goes out he has the possibility of giving you eight or nine um i know this is the day and eight day and age of the bullpen game but man i'll take that you know for 40 million um because again if that's like i said on the show last week i I would love to see the Giants load up on starting pitching, and that's starting to kind of wane right now with everybody who's getting signed. But I would love to see the Giants load up on on starting pitching and just being dominant in that aspect of the game because they can always go out and find hitters. The, the Giants find hitters. Farhan finds hitters. Yeah. Um, so so I'm totally – I would be totally fine with – putting a lot of jack into the uh, starting rotation. Uh, but again, it's being kicked around out there too. You know, they're saying uh, the Giants brass is basically saying, well, we're not looking for a five man rotation. We're yeah. looking for 162 games. Right. So, so, I mean, they're looking at like a seven or eight man, not rotation, but, but seven or eight, starting pitchers that that can pop in and give you a game here or there uh and then probably with options would be preferable as well yeah because absolutely. they like playing that options game up and down and back and forth with with triple a well okay, and so are we gonna are we gonna have the covid taxi squad this sure year? i mean sure. that was huge the giants really used that to their benefit last year too i mean with this new virus the omicron variant <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> we may have i can't even uh, keep up to, man the taxi squad may just be there for like the next five years it just yeah just you may end up having a thing you may it may end up having like a, a like a 40 man uh roster instead of a 40 man roster you have a 40 man active player roster you just got like 15 guys hanging around ready to come in so yeah knows. all right so the I think the the main secondary question I have about this deal is he's out of our division, which is awesome. We'll still have to face him. He's in the National League still. Yeah. Do you? Here was my 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 number one worry about him. I think it was everybody's worry about him. How he tired down the stretch. He didn't throw that many innings when you when you look at the overall numbers for him to get. 
you know, to 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 be as uh, I guess as I don't know. Well, would you say he was injured, uh, or was he just tired? Was there just so much wear and tear on his body that he was, uh, you know, he just too worn out to start that game on on, uh, on his rest? Because if you think about where the Giants want to go now, he will get you there, but that but there is a worry when you get to about 180 innings before the playoffs and then you know his body kind of wears out yeah and and well remember before the trade deadline they had to showcase him in a game before uh the trade deadline just to say look his arm's fine uh we can trade him you can go ahead and get him and you can feel comfortable uh was that a factor down the stretch i i don't really know uh but harold reynolds had a really awesome little point today on mlb network he said the dodgers really you know they traded for him halfway through the season and he was going to be their guy he was going to get him to the world series and win the world series um but because of that they were riding him and the Dodgers didn't have anybody to jump in and say, uh, no, Max, you can't take the ball today. You yeah. just had it two days ago. Um, but now with the Mets, maybe you have somebody in that, that, that can say, you know, we, we need to save you from yourself because you're Max Scherzer. You're going to want to pitch every day if you could, but we have to have, we have to step in and say, no, you're every fifth day. That's just the way it's going to be. Um, or every sixth day. Math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, so I think that's what it comes down to. You trade for this piece. You got to get as many innings out of him as you can down the stretch and in the playoffs and then uh, deep into the playoffs, hopefully. And you're just going to use him because you traded for him and, and he's yours for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and maybe, and, and I talked about that on the show too. Maybe that's why he said he had fatigue because he knew he was going to be coming into a big contract. Sure. If he knows his shoulder's not feeling hundred percent, is he really going to go for it when you've got this off season where he didn't know it? I mean, maybe he did, but he was going to get a $130 million for three years. Uh, I mean, that's hard to say that I, I hate to say that because it, then you're, you're basically saying, well, Scherzer wasn't a gamer. He wasn't uh, you know, he didn't push himself. He didn't push himself for the team and all that, but I don't, I don't really know. But, but if you're ending your, your season with this team that you're probably not going to be with next year, are you going to give it everything you've got? Or are you going to hang on and say, I don't want shoulder surgery. And then I'm going to miss my last payday. Uh, cause again, what is he? He's coming into this season at 37 years old. So. Yeah. All right. I think actually Brian's ready to join us. So why don't we hit oh, the right intro, on. hit the intro music and then we'll bring him in right after the intro. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. We are back here, and uh, Brian has joined us. He joined us a little bit early. He'll be back. for. Uh, he, he has his own segment coming up pretty soon. Hot Take Bri will be upon us. But uh, well, we're just going to keep talking about uh, a lot of the moves that have been made, and we'll get his takes on it as well. Um, so let's talk about uh, the next thing, which would that app's going to go after. we got to talk about Gossman. Gossman, five years to the Blue Jays, $110 million. 
the fact that the Giants didn't match that contract or maybe were not in the vicinity of that contract makes me think, now I don't know for sure, this is just me uh, thinking maybe what they were thinking, which is I wonder if they didn't want to go to that fifth year because the per year rate for him is about where, I don't know, about where I thought it would be, 20-ish, a couple more, 22, 23. That sounds fair, but I wonder if the Giants just decided, you know, that fifth year is a little bit too much. We can, you know, we don't like giving out these like long contracts to pitchers. Brian, what did you think about when you saw that number for Gossman? That, you know, I, I think I was... I forgot who I was listening to. I think it was the Giants Locked On podcast, but I think the guy who runs that podcast was doing a, he like figured out everyone who was on the free agent market, like their average, what they were, what what they thought that, what he thought they were going to get for per year, what their contract was going to look like. And everyone has been getting over what he, what like the math, you know, Mm -hmm. calculated what would be that average. So I expected it to be more than what I thought, but I think that was probably more than even what I expected to be more of of that so with Gosman yeah it's super I, I didn't even for some reason I guess I must have not been following the news I thought he was going to the Mets I didn't expect Toronto to be like that much of a finalist at the end the and the Mets missed out on him like they were in and I wonder if you know we were talking about this kind of in our text but they they missed out on Mats. they missed out on Gosman. And I wonder if that's the reason the number was 130 for Scherzer. It's because they were just like, look, we're not going to miss on this guy. <laughs> so we're going to pay a little bit above what we would have normally paid because that that what we normally would have paid is what other teams are willing to pay. So that's where, by, by the way, Ben Caspic is the guy who does uh, the Locked On Giants. We've talked to Ben before when we were doing stuff on the uh, the Spotify Green Room, the old locker room show we, t- we had Ben on once. Um, Brad, any thoughts on Gossman? Yeah, and that's an interesting point too because uh, you know, 43 million a year, that's Gossman and Matt's, right? So they probably yeah. said we had this money earmarked and we're not going to go after Stroman, we're not going to that we're going to get the prize. We're going to get the number 1 prize. I keep saying the the prize, but he's 37 <laughs> years old. You, I mean, he's going into the season, he's going to hit 38. That's that's old. I mean, that's, you know, here I say with a great beard, but I mean, a 37 year old hitting 43 million. That is scary as hell. But, you know, like, like you said, they had that money kind of put aside. So, so back to Gossman, hate to see him go. The giants are, are starting to make a habit of grabbing. Hey, we'll grab this guy. We'll grab that guy. Uh, we'll see what he can do, turn him around. And then he's out the door for, a, a bunch more than he came in at. Um, but, but, you know, and again, can the giants continue to do that? We had a signing today. Uh, I'll let Garrett reveal that later. Uh, a pitcher that was signed for the giants and we'll see if the giants can continue to do the same thing. Um, you know, but uh, I hate to see him go. I wanted to see him back with the old gang, uh, but that kind of leaves us open for guys like, you know, still Stroman and Rodone. Um, because a lot of the pitchers, a lot of the top pitchers are kind of falling off the, the board as we, I mean, we're creeping up onto what, like 60 hours left possibly before we hit a lockout. lockdown. So, yeah. yeah. So Keith Law, former, formerly of ESPN and currently from The Athletic, 
whether, you know, some people really like Keith Law, they live by everything that Keith Law writes, and some people do not. But I want to read from his piece in The Athletic today. He said, Gossman was my number two starter in this year's free agent class, just behind Marcus Stroman, and had some argument to be the top guy because he has a higher ceiling than Stroman, but a lesser tra- uh, track record of performance. Gossman's resume is a high-end starter someone who'd comfortably fit in the top two spots of any rotation, mostly boils down to the last two seasons since he arrived in San Francisco. This is the pitcher I always thought he would be, or he could be, as did the Orioles. I'm sure when they took him with the fourth pick in the 2012 draft out of LSU, multiple issues from the clubs disagreeing with Gossman over where he should stand on the rubber to efforts to get him to develop an average breaking ball led to his disappointing end in Baltimore. And he didn't reach his potential. Taylor went to the Giants, who told them to stand where the heck he wanted and throw that filthy splitter all the time. So I was actually kind of surprised that Gossman was his number two free agent pitcher. Now, uh, all of the, you know, you got to go down to number five until you got to uh, Marcus Stroman, where he was on Keith's list. Uh, and then you get down to uh, number eight, and uh, that's where Gossman sat of all of the 50 free agents. Now, He's not putting Scherzer one, right? Because he's looking at longevity. He's looking at length of contract and, and such. So, for instance, Carlos Correa is his is his number one ace free agent. So uh, that was I was actually surprised. And you know, maybe because we had Gossman, and maybe because I took him for granted a little bit. It's almost like these other teams saw him as a much better free agent than even I did. Someone who's watched him pitch pretty much lights out, except for, you know, maybe the first 10 starts of of the second half this season. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see him as that highly sought out, which makes me wonder, and I know this is going to be on your list uh, in the last segment of this show, Brad, which we're going to do a free agent thing uh, uh, for the Giants. But could Stroman be a guy that the Giants would give Gossman money to? I would imagine now, because of Gossman and Robbie Ray, and we can even mention Robbie Ray today, I don't think the Giants really had him in their sights, but Robbie Ray, five for 115 to the Mariners. That tells me that Stroman is getting more than both of those guys because of what has been set. Brad, do you think Stroman is someone who they may go after or should go after? I think he is someone that they should go after. Will they? I don't know um, because the Giants are fans of their reclamation project. Although Stroman had a down year last year. Um, He sat out the COVID year and he pitched last year. Didn't have a fantastic year, but I think he actually ended up with um, the best FIP of his career last year at 3.49, um, which isn't outstanding, but, but it's good. And, uh, and he's 30 years old. Uh, What type of deal is he looking for? Is he looking for that seven? Is he looking for five or is he happy to take a one or two with the giants and just try to kind of build up his stock again, Mm -hmm. uh, to see what the giants, uh, pitching brass can do with them. But yeah, him and Rodone, I think, are are a couple of pitchers that are young enough where the Giants would look at them. But uh, the Giants just aren't in the habit of giving out, you know, five to seven year deals for starting pitchers. And that is the thing, right? Is 
if the Giants are out on him, then that means automatically they will tend towards these reclamation projects who will not be getting five-year deals. They'll be getting shorter-term deals. Someone like a Corey Kluber who just got uh, – who did he get, get signed by? He got signed by the, the Rays. Right. One year, $8 million. He would have been one of those reclamation projects because – you know, just two or three years ago, he was a flat-out stud, and then he's, you know, he he's had some injuries and he hasn't been himself of late. So, um, we'll see what they do. But uh, Brian, I know Stroman is like number one on your list. Uh, do you think the Giants would actually fo- uh, fork out the years? I know that they'd be willing to fork out the per year. I just don't think that they'll be able to fork out the years. I think my list has been very subject to change just like just about like every day. So I think yesterday it was probably Strowman, today it was Rodon. So um with with Strowman, yeah, I I don't know. I think you guys are right. Like I I I think he would be awesome on the team, but again, if we didn't do the Gosman, if we didn't go all in, then what you know, what why would we why would we do the same for Strowman? Yeah. I liked the Rodon. I thought he was going to be less, but then I just looked it up. Is he a, is he a Boris client? Uh, you know, what? I shoot, I saw a list of Boris clients earlier and I don't remember if he was on it because if he um, is, maybe it's not gonna, yeah. I, and, and the question too, is with all these guys signing right now, are they all trying to kind of feel the heat? Like, I'm not quite sure, you know, what's going to happen after the lockout and, and what are the new contracts going to be like? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here's a, here's a list of Boris clients. I, yes, he is on there. Ooh. There he is. So <laughs> <laughs> that kind of adds to the mystique, doesn't it? A little bit. Yep. <laughs> and you know, the reason why Boris is, is Boris and Zadie, I don't imagine they exchange Christmas cards. <laughs> because Boris Boris's whole thing is about the length and the PR that you get out of these crazy deals. Yeah. That's just not the way that Zadie necessarily works. Now, they've been Zadie has been in on someone like a Bryce Harper, which that was going to be, but he's an everyday player. Yeah. He was someone who was still very young, so he's uh, he's worth you investing those long deals. Like the next person I'll talk about. Someone who's now out of our uh, out of our division. We love seeing Dodgers get signed elsewhere, but I am scared about who they're going to go after because now they have so much money to to spend. Which is Corey Seager. Corey Seager signed a ten year, three hundred twenty five million dollar contract with the Rangers, adding to the seven year, one hundred seventy five million dollar contract Marcus Simeon signed with the Rangers. And then they even added John Gray at four years for 56. So two guys taken out of uh, the National League West. Um, I don't know what the the Rangers. It's every every once in a while they do this. They go get an A-Rod. Now they go get a Seager. They get a Simeon. Man, the the middle of that order is going to be pretty nice. Yeah, it that's pretty crazy. I wasn't personally. I wasn't expecting the Rangers to kind of start going all in. I know that they're rebuilding. They have a good young core, uh, but I was expecting like another year. But again, I think we kind of predicted this going in and everybody predicted that after the 2020 COVID season and then after the 2021 
I'm not sure if we're going to get all the way through COVID season. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a lockout coming, and then you've got like, oh, okay, we could get through a full season, and, and everybody played, and we had a regular postseason a World Series. Um, and so I think that's kind of where the money is coming from now. Everybody kind of held back a little bit last year, and all of a sudden, there's money to spend, and the Rangers are like, hey, this division is is a little bit open because the Astros are losing a couple of key parts. So I think the Rangers are looking at this and saying, and, and the A's, I mean, the A's aren't going to be there. Um, and the Angels are just the Angels. I mean, they can sign Babe Ruth and they're still not going to make <laughs> the playoffs, right? I mean, they, they can sign everybody. Um, so, yeah, so I think they're looking at it and saying, hey, we can kind of get into the playoffs. And, and the playoff talk, too. I don't know if you guys saw this today. Um, in a proposed, this is from Jeff Passan on Twitter, um, in a proposed playoff expansion, there would be 14 teams. Division winners would choose their opponents in a three-game wild card round. And the best record in the league would get a bye into the division series. So I I think they're starting to kind of look at, well, there is going to be playoff expansion. So if you're the Rangers and you're hanging in in that division, you're like, let's go for it, man. Let's just throw some money out there and see what happens. I mean, the Marlins did it a couple of times back in the nineties and two thousands. So it happens. And just to kind of your point is what MLB, the reason why MLB wants to add more playoffs is, is a, is a couple of reasons creates more playoff games on television, which draw higher ratings than regular season games. So you extend that playoff, the length of the playoffs you get, you know, how many ever, uh, what is it? I think now we have about four or five weeks playoffs. You could extend that by another week or two. So that's more going to be more TV money. And the second reason is to fight off the tanking that happens because <laughs> yeah. the incentive is, oh, all we have to do is basically play 500 baseball and we could be in the mix. So that may de-incentivize tanking. So good. Re- I, I don't know. I think everything's yeah. sort of becoming like, Hunger Games television, like pick your <laughs> team that you want to kill. Like, yeah, like do it on TV. And well, uh, I mean, crazy. Major League Baseball now is the last major league uh, uh, sport with just so few playoff teams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And but, but I mean, they're long series, and and some of them are too short. I mean, uh, a one game wild card sucks. That yeah. that that whole thing was just kind of a mess. So playing two out of three in a wild card is is pretty fun, but it puts that emphasis on also going all out like the Giants did and winning 107 games, and then you get that bye. You don't even have to worry about that, you know, divisional round yeah. or the, the playoff round, the wild stuff, card round, and you're in. So. This stuff always yeah. happens after we get screwed. It does, a wild dude. card comes in after the Giants can't even win the division by winning 103 games. Yeah. Uh, Brian, I know you were high on Marcus Simeon, what did you think about what the Rangers did? And also that takes more guys off the board for the giants to be in competition for. Again, again, uh, my free agency list is very subject to change, but (laughs) I I really didn't want Marcus Simeon. I thought, I thought he would be a great fit on the team and, you know, all all props to the Rangers for getting of some big names right now, but it makes you think like, why'd they deal Gallo in the middle of, trade deadline they could have gallo simeon and uh and uh seager right now but you know 
for the for the Rangers is you is you get two good players. What I've learned following baseball is that you can have two of the best players in the league, aka the Angels, and not go anywhere. Mm-mm. It's like a, you got you got to have what what we had essentially this past season. So like yeah, Simeon's a loss, but um, I, I'm, I'm we got to make. I, I really want us to get someone still. Oh well, well, we're gonna talk about this when we get to Brad's <laughs> splash hit Christmas list here. Uh, okay, just a just a couple other people who were kind of uh, involved here that I haven't mentioned. Uh, Starling Marte four for seventy eight to the Mets. I was actually surprised that it was that low, but I guess it's because of his age, because he's a couple years older than a lot of these guys who were hitting free agency in their young thirties. What is he like thirty three right now, Brad? I I believe so. Yeah, he's he's a little bit on the upper end, um, and he's had some. He's had his his share of injuries um, and he had a positive steroid test yeah that he did half of his year yeah i think that kind of i think they looked at that though going back and they're like that was so long ago <laughs> and it was with the pirates you know, yeah yeah you're gonna you're gonna juice if you're with the pirates <laughs> exactly you gotta get your numbers up <laughs> uh okay so then um i guess that's really it because you know, like I said, the 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 you know, you have a Byron Buxton who extends seven for a hundred. He wasn't really on the Giants' no. radar, I don't think. Well, they, um, he had been kicked around in trade rumors right. with the Giants for the last two seasons. I would have loved to have had him, but uh, he's going to be a star. I mean, if he can stay healthy, that guy's going to be just he, he is going to be an MVP. And that was really interesting. I don't know if you guys saw the breakdown of his MVP bonuses. It was like if he was the MVP, and it was for every year of his contract which I guess is unprecedented. Nobody's ever done that before. Next year, if he wins the MVP, it's a $9 million bonus. Then it goes down. Yeah, each year after that, it goes down to like eight, seven, six. And then later in his career, if he's an MVP, it's $3 million each year. And so, I mean, I think the Twins are also banking on this guy. He's going to be an absolute superstar if he stays healthy. And then... If he has a great year, then they're going to be greasing the palms of the riders saying, let's not vote for him. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the only other one uh, that I was kind of wondering about, and Brad and I talked about this off air, and he convinced me as to why maybe he wasn't on the Giants list is uh, Avasail. How do you pronounce his first Avisail name? Avasail Garcia. Avasail Garcia, four for 53. He was on the Brewers last year. So he was, you know, right to the end playing in, in you know, pretty close uh, playoff baseball. And he goes to the Marlins, a four for 53, right fielder. I was like, you know, the Giants have a lot of guys like him, you know, kind of uh, predominantly one specific skill, maybe not great defensively. And then I said, look, they have Ruff and they had Solano and they have Flores who – they talk themselves into letting Flores play more than one position, but he sucks at both of them. And you told me <laughs> that's probably why they're not in on him is because they have too many of those guys. Yeah. I think that's the problem is the giants already have Darren Ruff. They mm-hmm. don't need another Darren Ruff. I mean, Garcia, he was versatile uh, earlier in his career. He played one game in center field last year, 121 in right field. Uh, 44 games in center field in 2020. Um, he played last two seasons in Milwaukee. Before that, he was in Tampa Bay and then the Chicago White Sox. I remember, uh, I want to say it was 2017 or 18, and the rumor uh, was that the Giants were trying to trade for him as well. Um, 
near the trade deadline. It's 2017 or 18, somewhere in there. Uh, I think that love affair with him has kind of passed up a little bit. He, he's just kind of a big dude who crushes the ball but strikes out a lot. He had yeah. uh, 121 strikeouts last year. I mean, probably doesn't walk enough for their taste either. 38 walks and, yeah. and 515 plate appearances is not going to cut it for the Giants brass. So, no. yeah, I think that's why they kind of looked at him more. And they're like, yeah, we got other guys. Yeah, yeah, no, t- totally get that. All right, we're going to bring on – the hot take Bry segment now. I only know of two of these hot takes, so he may have a third up his sleeve that he has not alerted me to. But do you want to go for hot take number one here? To just to quickly say something about hot take three is that I forgot that you wanted me to do a hot take. Three, so I quickly <laughs> came up with one on the way from the gym. So we'll see. If this is a good one. Awesome. All right, let's go. Yes. Hot hot take number one. Hot take number one. We have unfortunately just lost Buster Posey, one of the greatest giants, in my opinion, of all time. And we have a guy that's been in the minor leagues who we drafted was second or fourth or fifth overall in a in a recent semi-recent draft that is ready to come up, basically. He, he will be up next year. And my hot take is that he is not the next... Not Buster Posey, of course. Not everyone. No one's going to be Buster Posey, but he is not the next consistent Giants catcher for the next eight years. And I think that guy who's going to be the be that guy is still in the minor leagues, played and playing in San Jose right now. And his name is Patrick Bailey. So, all right, Brad. I'll take number one. I want to hear your thoughts. That's pretty Patrick warm. Bailey being <laughs> the guy to replace Buster and not Joey Bart. I can, you know what? That is a good take. I like that. Is it hot? Uh, I think it's warm. I'm, I'm going to put my hand on it, and I'm, st- I'm in a couple seconds. I'm going to pull it. Back. <laughs> it's, it's it's warm enough for that. Uh, I like it because you're right. I mean, he could be. I think the knock on Patrick Bailey right now is his inconsistent plate appearances. Um, defensively, he's phenomenal. Um, I mean, he's throwing guys out left and right, and uh, it calls a great game. I think the knock on him right now is the inconsistent hitting. Uh, I don't know. I think I actually have numbers for him from the fall league. If I yeah, and, ju- and just so, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are following Patrick Bailey pretty closely, but just for those who aren't, he started the season. Now, obviously, last year or two years ago, Minor league season was just scrapped, right? Because they yeah. couldn't they couldn't have the the minor league season in the way that they had. So he lost a year, as did Bart, though Bart played up. So he played on the major league team, but Patrick Bailey did not. So Patrick Bailey instead, he started out in the Eugene, uh the, the Eugene League, which is the high A, and he went out and hit a whole buck eighty-five. <laughs> with two home runs, yeah, 290 OBP, 296 slugging. And so then they dropped him to the low A, which is San Francisco. Or, I'm sorry, San Jose, like, like Brian said. And he hit a lot better. He hit 322, 415 on base, 531 slugging, hit seven home runs in San Jose. So that was kind of what they were looking for him to do, which is just to get sort of back to what they expected him out of him. But unfortunately, 
because he lost that whole stinking year to to not playing, this was really his first year in the minors. So they started him out in high A. He had to go back to low A. I imagine he either starts next season in a, a high A again, or maybe they 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 have him in in, in double A. Um, so all hope is that he just needed a little bit of of uh, you know reps underneath his belt at a major league level. Yeah, and then the Arizona Fall League uh, that just finished up, he had 292 with a home run, five ribs. Um, OPS was 792, which wasn't super fantastic. Uh, but again, he's still developing. Yeah. But, I, but I think he could. He could push Bart for the job in, in probably two seasons. Um, I got the catching landscape for the Giants the next two or three seasons is so wide open. I mean, next year we're looking – Patrick Bailey and Curtis Michael Casale. I mean, so we kind of have that locked up at this point for next year. But after that, it could be an open battle uh, in in 2023. So you're right. I like that one. Okay, so here's my two cents on that. Let's say, let's say Bart hits out of the gate, which I think we're hoping he's that right-handed punch pop replacing a posy. Maybe not as good of a hitter, but just has pop from the right side. But let's say his defense is like, eh, not great. And, you know, to other teams, his value is 100% as a catcher. His value as a catcher, a hitting catcher, is always going to be higher than, say, if you move him to third base or if you move him to first base. But... We have this thing called the DH possibly coming. And if he can't, if he can hit, but he's not great behind the plate, maybe it's not next year, but it could be the following year that Bailey, who seems to be the opposite, which is his defensive skills are a little bit higher right now than his offensive skills. He could be the guy actually behind the plate while Bart, DHs or finds another position, or or maybe they do trade him because, like I said, the value for Joey Bart is as a, a catcher. I used to always used to always bother me when people would say we need to move Posey to first base, and I would say, do you know that he's like the best, one of the two best catchers behind the plate, which makes him so much more valuable than just shoving someone who hits twenty home runs and and hits eighty guys in. To first base because then now he's like a below average first baseman from the offensive side. So that I never yeah. understood that. But so again, his value his value is always going to be higher as a catcher. But I, I do uh, I do wonder about his defensive skill set when he comes up to the big leagues. Yeah, and I think right. that's just the that's just like the main thing for my reasoning behind this is because I was listening to another podcast with Grant Brisby and Hunter Pence. And on my way home from Arizona a couple of days ago, and they were Hunter was like talking about Buster and he was like saying just like admiring how good he was on defense. And he kind of made a point that was like, well, if you're a catcher, like your defense is like more important, basically, than your yeah. offense. And so that was kind of like my thought process. And if Joey Bart, you know, has a, a poor defensive year, then that might not be, you know, that's that's kind of why yeah and, and look if, if you're listening to brisby and hunter love it if you're listening to locked on and you're listening to ben love it we love ben even if you're listening to our our buddies at, at giant cocktails love those guys but you cannot listen to any other 
podcast with two guys in their 40s <laughs> who grew up in the 80s because that's our corner. <laughs> that's that is right. our corner. <laughs> Nobody else can take that corner from us. All right. What is yeah. your uh, your second hot take? Hot take number two. Hot take number two has something to do with uh, a deal that was made a long time ago. Um, I think that Chris Bryant, if he does not re-sign with the Giants, you know, that trade, who we gave up in Alexander Canario, and I think the other kid's name is Caleb Killian. Yes. And who who we gave up is going to bite us in the butt the same, if not more, than Zach Wheeler has. What do you think about the 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 heat index on that one, Brad? That one that one's pretty hot. That that is a that is a fire take. I like that one. Um and and, and the reason I like that is because um and, and at the time we made the deal, I was like, ah, oh, you know, low level pitcher. Yeah, the guy is throwing smoke. And uh, striking guys out left and right, and Canario, who knows when he's going to be up. Um, but now, now look at the Giants' mo and the value they're starting to place on their minor league system, um, and the, and the rumor that came out that the Giants weren't super happy with Chris Bryant. Um, and again, rumor, I don't know, but just saw it on Twitter a couple of times that, you know, the Giants brass weren't necessarily happy with Chris Bryant, um, weren't happy with his defense, uh, happy with him as a human being. The guy's a great guy. Um, but what they got in return in terms of uh, flexibility in the infield and outfield um, because of his defensive woes, uh, they weren't super happy about that. So, so yeah, that is, that's a good take. I like that one. So the question for me to question the Giants and how it let who knows if that's exactly how they feel. They may feel that way. But the fact that they were willing to put this guy in center field in the highest stakes first round playoff series in the history of the Giants, they couldn't have been that frustrated with his defense, right? Because they put him in a specific position that is highly valued for for defense so that kind of makes me wonder if that's true or not though i will say because of evan longoria he could not play his natural position which is third base because longoria couldn't go to the you know i I was kind of hoping they would try out longoria at second base but you know at this point he's so deep in his career probably getting him onto the other side of the field uh you know, may may take a little little bit longer than he was willing to, to bet on himself for, but you know I, that the, the flip side is that Bryant couldn't even play his his natural position because they had someone there, and thus he had to play right field, he had to play center field, he had to play left field, he had to play a little bit of first base. I kind of have, have some uh, sympathy for him there if we're yeah. talking strictly about defense. Yeah, and. Does that end up pushing him eventually to a team where he gets to, you know, exclusively play third base this year? It's it's interesting though because if you're selling him, right? If you're the agent, you're like, look at how many positions this guy played. Yeah, he played all of these positions and he did them fairly well. He didn't complain. It didn't really affect his bat too much. Though he could have hit a little bit better, but you know, overall, I I was okay with the Chris Bryant experience. But I was also okay with the Chris Bryant experience, knowing or hoping 
that uh, you know we had the possibility uh, of signing him. But when they traded for him, we said that it was going to be hard because of who his agent is and because of yeah. how you know the, he he often doesn't give hometown deals and all that sort. But let, let's talk about quickly the guys that the Giants gave up in that trade that prompted this hot take. So uh, Alexander Canario, Canario. Uh, in San Jose, he hit 235 with nine bombs, 433 slugging. He essentially did the same thing when he was traded. Uh, nine bombs, uh, less at bats. He had a little bit lower of an average, 429 slugging. So in both instances, uh, not not uh, not a high average, but was hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And I think he is 21 years old. Uh, and so Caleb Killian, he uh, he's uh, 24, and he had a really, really strong season in just four starts at Eugene. He was pretty lights out. Then they moved him up to Richmond, and he pitched excellent. 11 starts, um, 2.43 ERA, uh, 0.94 whip. And when they traded him, and I think he was on the Tennessee Smokies, the AA affiliate of the Cubs, he only had um, 15 innings, and he had a 4.02 ERA. Uh, strikeouts were good as well. So, you know, I'm sure, I, you know, who knows when it comes to a 24-year-old guy who's, you know, still sitting in, in AA. But, um, you know, his his stats just on the – the uh, statistics test. He looked like he he was he looked like he had a really good season last year. So, the one of those two, in order for Bry's hot take to be true, has to become an all star. So we'll see we'll see who that is. Well, and also look at Scott Boris too. Going back to the Chris Bryant thing, uh, he's going to easily take that and say, "Let's add up what a third baseman would make hitting this, plus what an outfielder would make hitting this, plus whatever, (laughs) you know? So he may bust the 43 mil a year average. No, he's not going to. (laughs) That's a a Scherzer. All right, now this one's coming blind. I have no idea about this hot take here. What is hot take number three? Hot take number three is coming with a little bit of FOMO, some fear of missing out. You know, seeing all these <laughs> seeing all these guys fly off the board has got me thinking a lot. And I'm a big basketball fan. I'm a big Warriors fan. So that's kind of what initiated this whole take. The Warriors right now are in an interesting situation where they are a win-now team and also a developing team at the same time. They're trying to bridge the gap from the present to the future in an interesting way. And I think the Giants have, like the Warriors, some guys that they kind of need to they have the the Giants have Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford, whereas the Warriors have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. You know, those are guys you owe it to them. You basically owe it to them to still compete if you still have them on your team. And with the Giants, I think they're in a similar situation where it's like uh, you know, you owe it to Brandon Belt, you owe it to Brandon Crawford, but also we have such a deep farm system with all these guys coming up in the next two to three years, where it's almost like we're kind of still developing in this win now mode too. And my thoughts, though, is the Warriors are currently the number one team in basketball right now. They were able to make a little bit of a free agency, like bring in the guys that they needed. And I think the FOMO for me comes in where I don't think the Giants have done that yet. So, you know, my thing is if we run it back, this is my hot take. If we run it back and it continues as it is right now in the free agency, we have gotten zip except for Alex Cobb. If, if that happens and we get no one, 
Third place in the NL West. Oh, <laughs> that is not wow. a very popular hot take. No, that one is. Uh, I got. I don't have any ice cubes left. But <laughs> I, my hand would be wrapped around an ice cube and it dripping down my hand right now. That I, that's. A, I don't like that one. Uh, and the reason I don't is because. I've got a segment coming up that's going to tell you otherwise because there's a yeah. lot of guys that are still out there. I know I know we're missing out on the big guns, but when you look at the price tags of the guys that have been going so far, I personally am glad we haven't spent the money on those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, last year, who did the Giants have that had a huge price tag and they ended up winning 107 games. I mean, I think the Giants have that formula at the top that trickles down to everybody else through Gabe Kapler, through the coaching staff, where you can band together a bunch of guys who just want to win and go out and compete and play hard every game, and they can do it. I I think, you know, I'm a Rams fan, and looking at my team right now, you can go out and get all the big names you want to get. It doesn't translate to Jack Squat, as uh, Chris Farley used to say. Um, because if they're not gelling, if they're not playing together, if it's not trickling down from the top, it really doesn't matter. So I think I think the Giants um, can get around your FOMO, and I think they can – they can still build off of what they did last year and still win a hundred games. I mean, this could be a hundred game winning team with just a couple of key pieces. All right. So, um, Brad, did you want to, did you want to go off camera for a second yeah. here to get your little, <laughs> Let me, I'm hearing something up on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to remove Brad from the stream. We're going to bring him right back. But, um, so, what you said about Alex Cobb, and we'll just talk about Cobb for a second. So Cobb pitched with the Angels last year after three years in Baltimore and then, and well, gosh, like five or six years in, in, in Tampa. And in Tampa, in Tampa Bay, he had two really excellent seasons as a starter, but that was 13 and 14. Um, had, had a decent bounce back season in 17 and then in 18, had an awful season, though he's pitching for Baltimore. 19, looks like he was hurt. And then 20 as well. So last year, 2021, 8 and 3, 3.76 ERA, uh, striking out about one an inning. Um, his FIP was 2.92, so it was much better than his actual ERA. So it looks like there was a little bit of uh, bad luck there with some of those balls in play and, and fielding and and park dimensions and otherwise. So Alex Cobb, uh, you know, he's one of those guys who's not necessarily a sexy free agent at 34 years of age. Um, not, not the kind of guy who's going to make the giants win the, uh, the free agency, but uh, he may be somebody who like Brad said earlier, and we bring Brad back here, Santa uh, <laughs> Alex Cobb could be one of what you said is, you know, maybe seven or eight guys who throw some starter innings this year for the Giants. Yeah, and, you know, it's just my my kind of my take, my coming up with that take was we are potentially, well, for sure we've lost two, but potentially losing three of our top 
six players of last year. So that's why, you know, and that's why I prefaced it with basically saying like, look, if we don't get anyone, like I'm, I'm I hope Brad's list gives me a lot of hope here, but if, <laughs> if we don't end up getting anyone, you know, we just run it back with, you know, the exact same thing without adding the potential, what's still in the air is the Castellanos, the Suzuki's and, you know, the rest of the guys who are still up there, but yeah. All right, Brad, it is now time for Brad's splash hit Christmas list. Who is on your list of possible free agents that you want the Giants to sign? All right. I talk, uh, <clears throat> Santa was just up there, and I, I handed off my list. This is my, my splash hit Christmas list. The reason it's a splash hit list is because I went through the top 20 per ESPN uh, free agents on the list. Who is left? Who could make a splash hit for us? and make Brian's FOMO go away. <laughs> and there's a lot on this list that could do that. Uh, let's, let's go from top down. So number four on the free agent list is still out there. Uh, this is a long shot. This is going, going to be if there's a DH implemented. Uh, obviously, if it doesn't sign within the next couple of days before we hit the lockout, Trevor Story mm. uh, had, had a good second half of the season last year, bounced back. Uh, 29 years old, has only played shortstop, 733 games in the majors. He has only played shortstop. We have a shortstop. So this would, Trevor, Trevor Story would have to be a DH specifically, uh, fill in a guy, uh, fill in at shortstop for, for Brandon Crawford on rest day. So it's a possibility, right? He could be out there. Uh, so that's, Number four on the list. Number eight. What can I can I ask you about yeah, your yeah. number four guy? Absolutely. Are you scared by his I'm scared away- by everything about story, <laughs> but go ahead. His away from Coors Field split. 241, 310, 442. I say those numbers again. That was so bad. I tuned it out. <laughs> go ahead and say that again. 241 batting average, 310. On base, 442 slugging on the games away from Coors Field. Yes. So definitely worried about that. But in the Giants lineup with the Giants coaching staff, if they see something, if they can grab onto him and, and find something. I mean, he's, he's number four on the list for a reason. The guy, he, so, so his away numbers were awful. But you also have to take into consideration the team he was playing on. Mm -hmm. The Rockies are trying to contend again this year. I mean, we saw that just come out on Twitter a couple days ago. Everybody's like, what the hell are they talking about? They, uh, (laughs) you know, didn't even trade Gray. And then they didn't uh, give him a qualifying offer. And he just walked. And they get nothing for him. Right. Um, So here they are. And then Trevor Story's gone. Same thing. They didn't try to trade him. so I think you have to take into consideration the team he played on the last couple of seasons were awful. That's going to bring your, your, your everything down. Um, Arenado had to scratch and claw to get out of there. I'm not terribly worried about the away from numbers. He's always hit at Oracle pretty well. Um, 81 games there. I think he could do well. So Again, j- just so, just so people know, 2018 hit 37 home runs. 2019 right. hit 35. Last year, probably his worst year since 2018. 251 still hit 24 bombs though, so he's still 
got the power even in a down year. Unfortunately for him, if he had his 2018 year instead of his 2021 year, he's probably right up there with Correa. He probably go yeah, he probably goes instead of maybe even Semyon to to Texas. Who who knows? Um but he's up there. I, I've got him on the list because I think he would make an impact in the Giants lineup, a big impact in the Giants lineup, if there was a DH, because I don't think there's any other spot for him. No. we I, I, The Giants aren't apt to take a guy like that and say, now go play second base. I know you never have, but we need you at second base. I, I don't think – and I don't think Trevor Stories w- would be too into that either. So next on the list, the guy we're all familiar with, number eight – on the ESPN top 20, Chris Bryant. He's still out there. He could still come back to the Giants. We just talked a lot about him. Um, We know he could play infield, outfield. Um, We know who he is. We know what he can do. Giants brass knows who he is and what he can do. Um, But he's a Scott Boris client. Mm -hmm. And we just saw what Scherzer did. Um, Does he sign? Does he even bother signing in the next two days? Um, that's the question. A lot of these guys, do they bother signing within the next two days or are these guys we're going to be looking at around February when this is all over and then, uh, and then the flurry begins. But I think great argument for Bryant Mm -hmm. is sort of what you were talking about. The Rockies, the Cubs just have not been good of late. They were awful and they sold off everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that can't be a great place to play, especially after you, you know, you win the World Series and you're the you're the joy of the town. All Cubs fans root hard for Chris Bryant. Like they love that guy. So yeah. I know that uh, last year I wouldn't say he had a great year, but he did hit the ball a lot harder when he got to the Giants, which could be something about the the coaching staff and everything. So yeah. I, it, you know, if they can't get anybody like it, like if, you know, let's say they strike out on all these guys or they just don't like the, the deals that are being set for all of these guys, you know, like, uh, you know, Correa is going to Correa is going to get whatever Seager got and maybe even a little bit more. Right. Yeah. They're not in that game for him at this moment. But, um, you know, maybe Chris Bryant, maybe he's a, a five year guy for you know, 25 million or something or, or, or whatever it is. And the Giants just go, look, we can return this guy back to his MVP season. And in his MVP season, he's actually worth 35 million, not 25 million, but we're going to get him for 25 million. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the whole thing. He's a good clubhouse guy. Um, you know, and the Giants know what they had with him, and, and he liked San Francisco and he told, reporters that he ultimately makes the the decision not scott boris so although we know that's not true (laughs) (laughs) all right uh number 12 on the top 20 of espn that is still out there the top pitcher believe it or not on espn's list that is left starting pitcher clayton kershaw wow yeah even more than stroman he is higher than Stroman wow. on, on ESPN's list. And uh, again, he's only 33 and he feels like he's 42 because of all of his injuries and, and, <laughs> and, and, and he's been around forever. So, you know, Texas Rangers are pretty hot and heavy on him too. That's his hometown. Um, 
but he's 33 giants would love to add another left-hander to their rotation. Um, and I think the giants can get him for, for maybe a one or a two year show me deal. He's familiar with the national league West. He's familiar with all of the ballparks. If the Dodgers don't want to bring him back on a one or a two year deal, which, which they may be back in on him now. That, Especially uh, after losing Scherzer. Exactly. With Scherzer gone with um, Robbie Ray gone, uh, Gossman gone, all these guys gone. They're probably looking to go, Hey, well, you know, we've got Kershaw. We know what we have. Um, but, but again, the injuries, I think that's, that's the key. And I think, um, Kershaw wants to see, uh, last thing I heard, he wanted to kind of see what his injury was completely like and, and, and get everything medically checked out before he even jumped into the, into the free agency fold, um, kind of running out of options at this point, but, you know, a one or two year deal. Brian, you like that? <laughs> you like, like you Kirsch. like Clayton Kershaw? I like Kirsch. Friends with Brandon Bell. I like Kirsch. There you go. But by the way, the, yeah. you know, um, Brian was talking about how some of these websites that kind of give you averages and what the expected market value yeah. is for these guys. So Spot Track has the market value for Bryant at six years, 141. So 200, so 24 million average annual salary. That's six. I don't know if the giants would do that sixth year because that, that sixth year could, uh, you know, I think he's already 30. So he, he, that'd be his year 36, but you know, guys keep themselves in pretty dang good shape these days. Um, but what Brian was saying was basically that, the the contracts are being signed right now are actually being higher than the market value. So that, that could be low for him, but just to give people an idea about what is it sort of expected for, for Chris Bryant's market value. Yeah. And, and Scott Boris, that's yeah. pretty yeah. much all you have to say. So after Kershaw, we got number 13 on the, li- on the list. And I, I think we're all high on Nick Castellanos, um, right fielder, mainly uh right-handed hitter 29 years old it's going to be a huge contract do the giants give a big contract to castellanos instead of chris bryant i mean well, okay so here, here's the, the same age here here's the argument against castellanos mm-hmm. which is he's uh uh his career war is amazing if you take out defense <laughs> which takes us back to the DH, right? If you sign him to be your DH, his war is actually heavily, uh, is going to be weighted heavier because you don't lose value by putting him out in the outfield. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, when when you talk about the offense, and again, we have to sort of look at it in this way, um, his, you know, his his stats are, are, are looking... Pretty decent. He hit. Uh, he had 34 bombs last year. Hit 309. Like that puts him right at the tops uh, of the Giants. Um, in uh, in in uh, 2019, he had a half of a season with the Cubs, and he hit 16 bombs and like 212 at bats. So that was a that was a cra- one of the craziest post trade deadlines. Uh, deadline uh, tears I think we've seen in a long time. Yeah, because he hit, he hit 11 bombs. Uh, I said half of a season, but he was only with the Cubs for half because he got traded. Yeah. But um, so he had 11 bombs in 403 at-bats with the Tigers, got traded to the Cubs, 
And then in the 212 at-bats with the Cubs, hit even more home runs. So he, he only hit 27 home runs that season, but 16 of them were in such a short, short span uh, after the trade. So the guy's got legitimate power, and it's getting better as he gets a little bit older, and his average, his overall batting average is getting better. Last season was his best season overall. The other, you know, he also doesn't really walk a ton, so his on-base percentage isn't going to be great. But again... We have the DH. His value is so much higher than if than if you have to play him in right field for 145 games a season. Yeah, for sure. I want to check in on Brian. Are you, am I making you feel better? <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Castellanos. I think I think we All have right. to hide him in left because I feel like right field's harder at Oracle. Oh yeah, for sure. And Yaz has that down. I mean, he was a Gold Glove finalist this year, so I think. I think I think anything we can do to not take Yaz out of right field, I think is going to benefit this team in the long run. So so yeah, a move like that, and and you take, um, and you take Castellanos, and you go here, you can go to left field. Uh, but I got another guy coming up. All right, who can kind of jump all over the place? Who's not talked about a whole lot, and has some pretty good seasons the last couple of years. Um, but before we get to him. Next on the list, number 14, Carlos Rodon, 28 years old, led another left-handed pitcher, um, 13 and five last year. Again, the, you know, the win loss thing is super old school, but he's out there winning ball games because he had a 2.37 ERA, a 183 ERA plus and a 2.65 FIP, which was nasty. Why is Rodon not, all the way up near the top. And I think it's because last year was the first year he kind of put it all together. Um, you know, he's shown the flashes here and there, but last year he finally put it together and he's 28. He's going to command a pretty big, long contract. Um, he's not at the show me age uh, at 28 years old. I don't think he's going to sit there and go, yeah, I'll take a two year deal (laughs) (laughs) because after that, you know, he's 30 years old and he's hitting the market again. So I I would say the minimum would be five years for, and, 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 you know, if you are a little worried about Radon, the worry is because he's, he had uh, Tommy John about mm-hmm. three years ago, two or three years ago, yeah. and he had the great season in 21, but he had a shoulder injury later in the year. And when he came back, velocity wasn't as high as it was. So there, you know, there's concern when you have a guy who's got uh, arm injuries early in his career, early-ish in his career. And what you're going to have to bet against is that you can take care of him yeah. I think the Giants take care of their starting pitchers. They, you know, there's a concern of them going through the third time in the order because of the high pitch count. They want to save these guys so that we get the length of their season rather than just the the short uh, sprints of the season. So that that may be a play where your team is like, look, we know how to take care of these guys. We can prevent some of these injuries. When he's healthy, he's awesome. And that's the bet with Radon. Yeah. And and on top of that too, um, again the Giants are looking for a 162 game rotation, not a five man rotation. So, is would Rodon be okay with jumping in and saying, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of limit myself this year and 
And if I end up not going 32 or 33 or 34 starts, that's fine. If I get, you know, 26, 27, that's good. I, I don't know. I, he's, he's a young guy. Has he bought into that? Who knows? He probably wants the ball again, like Scherzer. He probably wants yeah. it every, you know, every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's next? All right. Number 15 on the list, another outfielder. And this guy is super versatile, Michael Conforto. And he's another left-handed bat that the Giants could use. In his career, 334 games in right field, 259 in left field, 146 in center field. That's your prototype Giants outfielder. And he's got a lot of power. Um, Not a huge average guy, uh, but if the Giants are looking to add some more power and versatility, a guy like Conforto at 28 years old, could be, you know, you give him a four or five year deal. I mean, this is like your Listella type of yeah. type of signing. You know, Listella got a three year deal. Conforto maybe a three four year deal. Uh, he's not the sexy pick. He's number fifteen on the ESPN list, but he's still in the top twenty. Uh, I think you know, that would be a really good fit for the Giants. So what's interesting about him? He and, and this is unfortunate with him and Story in that. In their free agent year, they basically have their worst year of like the last <laughs> five years of their career, right? So yeah. he, I, I do, I do think somebody is going to take a flyer on him and give him a multi-year contract. But Keith Law and Keith Law's write-up of Conforto, he basically said he's one of those guys who may be better off taking a one-year contract, having a killer year and then going back into free agency next year after his killer year, because he said, if you take the averages of his previous like three or four seasons, what you get is you get a guy who you're going to give a four year or five year deal to. But then if you just look solely at last season, he, you know, you're, he's not that guy. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. He may be like the most polarizing guy out there in the free agent market. Well, how, how about a two-year deal with an opt-out after one? I mean, that that's something you could throw at him. Yeah, I mean, he's hit, he had three consecutive years from 19, or 17 to 19, 27, 28, 33 bombs. Yeah. And he walks a lot more than, um, uh, who, who did we just talk about? Mm-hmm. Uh, Casillas, uh, yeah, and and and, and almost triple the amount that uh, Avisiel Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> all right, who, who's next? Uh, all right, last on my list in the top twenty, number eighteen. Here he is. You ready, Marcus Stroman? Oh, thirty-year-old right-handed pitcher, three point seven seven ERA last year, one hundred nine ERA plus. Not a stellar season. Three point four nine WHIP though was or FIP was the best of his career, believe it or not. Um, so again, that that could be another one too, where everybody's thinking he's going to sign this five or seven year deal. Uh, again, maybe he takes a three year opt out after every year type of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, those are starting to float around for pitchers where he says, well, I'm, I'm going to show you what I, what I can do. Uh, what I mostly like about Stroman is that we're losing Cueto. Um, and we get that swagger back with Stroman. <laughs> I mean, Stroman is fun to watch on yeah. the mound. He's got great attitude. Such a nice guy, too, watching him on Twitter and everything. And, uh, you know, he's very much a, a civil rights um, leader and fighter. Um, 
him and Kapler would get along great. In, in the city of San Francisco would love him. Um, I, I think he would be a great, great fit for the Giants. Uh, I've kind of wanted him from the start, but I didn't know how he would fit. But now you're starting to look at everybody else who's going away, and you're starting to say, whoa, okay, Stroman on a short deal could be uh, what the Giants are looking for. So I, I think the thing, if, if you're looking at Stroman and kind of wondering what is his value Last year, you mentioned he had a little bit of a down year, but the reason, at least the reason I think um, his, his m- maybe his uh, stats that are not on the back of the baseball card were okay is because he struck out uh, more than, than usual. He's, he's surprisingly to me, um, I thought he was a bigger strikeout guy than he is. His, his best season for strikeouts was 7.8 per nine innings until last year. Now, last year, he only threw uh, just under 60 innings, and he actually gave up a lot of hits, too. But, um, oh, I'm actually, I'm sorry. I was reading his uh, 2019 uh, hmm. stat. So, uh, last year, he was a little, he was back up to 7.9. Um, and and uh, solid year last year, most definitely a good year, considering he was playing for, you know, the Mets who were pretty much 500, you know, for most of the year. So I, I looked at the, uh, the sports, the sport track and they consider him to be a, Oh, where is it? Uh, market value. So they consider him to be a 21 million average annual salary guy. So something around four years, 84. So not quite the Gossman, not quite the Robbie Ray. Again, does Farhan go for a four-year deal for a starting pitcher and you know who is 30 years old? And by the time the season starts, he will probably be he will be 31. I think he's gonna be 31 by the time the season starts. So yeah, um, May 1st. May 1st. So, yeah. There you go. Right a month into the season. So who are his stat statistical uh, comparisons? One of his statistical comparisons is one Madison Bumgarner. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually, I feel like if they were thinking out of all of those pitchers, Robbie Ray, Kevin Gossman, Stroman, Scherzer, if we were going to give a four-year or a five-year deal to any one of those guys, I do wonder if Stroman is the guy that that they we're thinking of doing that. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll sort of figure that out. Cause I think, I don't know if he was talking about signing sooner than later, but uh, that that's going to be an interesting one. I really wonder, cause again, Keith law has him as the number one player on the pitching starting pitching market for his. And, and like you said, ESPN had him much lower. So looks like there's a yeah. little bit of a, uh, bipolarity with Stroman as a starter shoot, but I know Bri likes him. So Bri, Bri yeah. has been tweeting at him, t- tagging him on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Stroman, Stroman's a Logan Webb fan. You know, I was, I wanted to see him oh. in, uh, him in San Francisco, but with, with, with Stroman though, is I, I hope like what Brad was saying, you know, not the, the, the three year with opt out after every year, because if they sign him to like that five year, it's like, well, then why didn't you give it to Gosman? If they mm-hmm. sign Conforto to yeah. a five year, it's like, well, or four year, it's like, well, Marte was sitting right there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, 
that would that would confuse me a little bit if they end up pulling the trigger on big money on some of these remaining but, guys. But you also have to consider too these guys. I mean, it it gets thrown around a lot, and I don't know how much this factors into it. But the California taxes mm-hmm. is they're a lot, so you have to give them a lot more money on top of it. Um, so a lot of these guys they they may not see San Francisco as a as a profitable, great place for their brand to go to. Um, and, and that's, that might be, you know, giants might've been in on Gossman all the way to the end. And and then he, right, we'll, we'll find out later. I'm sure we'll find out more as the next couple of days go on, but um, maybe he just liked it north of the border. Maybe uh, he has a <laughs> soft spot for the Canadians. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, who, who knows with, yeah. with some of the picks that these guys make. So. All right, so that is it. We we thought we were going to have a short show for one. <laughs> Absolutely not, one hundred percent not. But Bry, quickly yeah. talk about the Bam. Okay, so the Bam was a podcast started by me and a couple of my friends from college, and you know we just love talking about sports, so we thought we'd record ourselves doing it. And recently, we just added another show. We added a baseball show where my buddies Rom and Ryan you know, talk about baseball once a week, every Tuesday. And it's kind of interesting because Rom's a big Giants fan and Ryan's a big Dodger fan. So getting them to try to be, you know, not biased is, is, is a very interesting listen. And they just did their free agency podcast. And it was interesting because uh, my buddy Ryan, who's the Dodger fan, was trying to be not biased, but I don't think the Giants ended up getting one guy on the, <laughs> in his whole list. He's got to be heartbroken with Scherzer oh, and Seager. He's, he's so yeah. heartbroken right now. He's so heartbroken to the point where he's getting hysterical and saying that Freddie Freeman's <laughs> going to come to L.A. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, Should we break it to right him now. or no? He's going no. through it right now. <laughs> Um, but for, for them, they, they've got some interesting uh, people that they are trying to talk to. They for sure got a... Um, someone in the minor leagues is going to be on their podcast this Tuesday. So that'll be, that'll be an interesting listen. Cause I'd love to hear, you know, from a minor leaguers perspective, there's, there was a recent, you know, rule change in the minors where they get like housing funded. You know, there's mm-hmm. just a couple of things where I'd, I'd be interested to hear from that guy. So, you know, baseball pot up, basketball pot up, ideally more get put up in the near future or you know you're gonna have to find a foot you're gonna have to find a u of a kids who know who know football (laughs) talk football um okay what what about social media where do they find you on so where do they find the bam on find us on instagram at the bam pod um twitter don't worry about it right now we can't get the handle (laughs) (laughs) there's a bam pod where there's uh some food guys that just talk about food in 2018 who have no interest in giving me the handle for less than 500 (laughs) so the bam pod on instagram the bam pod on tiktok tiktok's a good one for any of the the younger audiences out there i don't know how much younger audience you guys are you guys are pulling right now come on oh, we're old guys. Yeah, come on man you guys are pulling me and my brother for sure but the yeah 18 to 49 demographic we're hot in that demographic. i think my 15 year old daughter every now and then <laughs> but it's not very often <laughs> so yeah it's Instagram just to say TikTok. look at my lame dad <laughs> <laughs> Instagram and TikTok at the Bam Pod. We have you know like a, some cool social media social media posts. Uh, my buddy Mason's it works in graphic design. He's really good at that stuff. So it's been fun seeing it grow and you know continue to grow. So, so also just uh, if someone's looking on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, they just search for the Bam. Yes, 
it is just the bam and it should be the first one that pops up screw nice. you, you food guys <laughs> <laughs> all right so we are done here um we will be back next week next week is already december holy cow yeah, I'm and in the we'll, mood. I mean, look at yeah. everything. We're ready. There we, we go. Like I, I started decorating before Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving's <laughs> a bunch of bull crap. That's just, you know you just eat and hang out. It's Christmas season. All right, so we'll be back next week to talk about probably talking about lockout stuff because, and and we'll we'll do it. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand it all anyways, so I, I would have to talk about it in like layman's term because I don't understand any of the. I'm going to have to just listen to Ken Rosenthal and read his stuff to sort of figure out what's going on. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back. So for Brian and the BAM pod and for Brad, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.